Hello and welcome to the Drucker Forum Report. I'm Peter Day with a podcast about some of the ideas that will be up in the air and up for discussion at the 2017 Global Peter Drucker Forum in Vienna in November. With me is Richard Straub, the man who devised the forum and who directs it. Richard, how did it all start? It all started with the centenary of Peter Drucker in 2009, And in the beginning, we thought it would be rather a one-off. And at the end of the day, it turned out to be something that we should do year by year. And now we we are at the ninth year. Happening in Vienna, this initial enterprise, because that's where he was born. Exactly. Peter Drucker, I think that's often forgotten. He he was really brought up in Vienna. And he got, uh, at the time the whole um, cultural and intellectual environment of Vienna. Through his life, he was influenced by that. Now, when this started, he had only recently died, of course. His ideas still in the air because he was so productive in old age, wasn't he? He was productive throughout his life. And I think one of the ideas that he also communicated through his articles was that this old way of looking at life, childhood, education, profession, and then retirement, just doesn't work anymore. And he was anticipating what we are discussing today. When we saw that uh, in the centenary event that uh, we got the most important thinkers of management coming to Vienna and contributing and really telling us, you are on something important, continue. So this gave us a lot of motivation to continue with it. Now, there are lots of management conferences. What makes this different? What we like to see as a, as a difference is the focus that Peter Drucker had on management, not only as an instrument for running a business, but as a role in society. And that makes a lot of difference. And that is something that uh, perhaps the people who go to business schools kind of forget as they go up through the organization, if going up through the organization is still the right way to describe what happens. What he defined as a starting point is that we are in an exceptional time, in a time where organization and institutions are the determining elements of society. And in these organizations and institutions, you want to achieve something, always. You have objectives, you have performance that you want to deliver, you have a purpose. And who does that? Managers, at the end of the day. It used to be easy, though. Businesses were set up, say 19th century family businesses, set up in maybe small towns to make something. And then they learnt not just how to make it for the area or the region, but how to make it so well that it sold let's say, nationally. And it was about the things they made, wasn't it? Very much. Yes, in in the past. Today, I mean, and Peter Drucker was very much on this idea, we are in a society of knowledge, and uh, it's becoming more and more, if you look at startups, more and more companies are doing new things which are in the realm of ideas and new software concepts, and it's getting immaterial in many ways. Now, but you've skipped on to the here and now, and I want to just for a moment look at what happened in the 20th century when companies became very large, and Professor Drucker was one of the first people to study 
the structure of the corporation. And then they begin to have, when they get so large, a momentum of their own, which kind of gets divorced from the goods and services they're ostensibly all about, doesn't it? Oh, yes. The development of the corporation and then the multinational corporation went along with organization structures that became more complex and more difficult and more bureaucratic in some way. And Peter Drucker was, I think, one of the first who understood that this is a subject that needs to be studied in practice. And he looked at the time at General Motors. That was his first big study on management. But that does raise a question mark about the relevance of uh, Professor Drucker's ideas to the 21st century, because... He studied so keenly a corporation who kind of represented the mass production business with its marketing subsidiaries all making cars for different segments of the population. That was what Alfred P. Sloan added to the Henry Ford production line. He, Drucker, studied that so acutely and accurately. But is that really relevant to the lighter-than-air corporation of the 21st century? I think what he studied is still relevant, even though the way how corporations are organizing has changed and is changing constantly. But if you see what's being uh, published uh, these days about big corporation, you still have the same issues, like how do you keep it agile? How do you keep it flexible? How can you avoid bureaucracy? And Drucker saw this question of decentralization as in different divisions as a key element. And today, again, we are confronted with the same issues. You might say the central thesis of, or his central point was this seeing so clearly the, the knowledge organization. And that brings people and purpose together in a, a very clever insight, doesn't it? One of the big challenges that Peter Drucker put out for this century, for the 21st century, was what he called the productivity of knowledge. He felt that in the past, how organizations were set up was not sufficiently productive in the field of knowledge, even though the whole society has moved from pure focus on industrial goods to knowledge. But he he felt that productivity of knowledge was the huge challenge for the 21st century. That brings us to the theme of the forum in November, which is um, growth and inclusive prosperity. Extremely interesting, given the feeling that there's a backlash going on, that Brexit vote in Britain was a backlash against the establishment, that what happened with the election of President Trump was some kind of backlash, all sorts of feeling that uh, the wealth production that we've had so far has lifted some boats, but not all boats. And that was the bargain that's been broken in the 21st century and slightly earlier. I would say maybe this is not a phenomenon which only started now. It is going on for quite a while If you look at the statistics about uh, wealth creation and inequality in this field, there's quite a history and it has roots which are much deeper. 
like when you think about how the shareholder value philosophy has evolved over the last 15 or maybe even 20 years. So I think that there are a lot of roots and I think it's necessary to step back and to think about it. So you want something to emerge from this forum, something that says uh, there are other ways of doing things than the practices we've evolved in the 21st century from those 20th century corporations, do you? I think it would be pretentious to believe that we will now have people, even so brilliant thinkers and practitioners coming together and finding the answers. I think what we try to do, and this is where we follow very clearly Peter Drucker, we try to ask the right questions in the first place. What are the questions of our time? And then we try to find where are possible routes, because what we are onto is a journey, is not a, a sort of one-off event, and now we find the answer. We hope to get some good impulses in this way, in terms of the journey, even for the coming years. Seems to me there aren't many examples of people who successfully move from one kind of corporation to another. And I don't know whether we can look at the stars of the new economy, those top five companies who now dominate the stock market in America, for example, are all digital sort of companies, whether we can look to them for any kind of radical change in the way businesses are run. They rapidly become like old-fashioned companies, don't they? Yes, they are in a situation like when you look at successful companies, they have these phases where their revenue grows, their profit grows, and you can do a lot of things in such a situation. You are not under pressure to be extremely, let's say, extremely careful with each dollar you spend. I believe they are important, but they get also benefits that others don't have. If you look at network effects that are taking hold there, I still think that there is much more happening than what's happening in this top very visible group because they still represent not such a big share of the world economy at this point. The Drucker Forum will always look also at the others. We will not just stare at the top internet companies. There is one thing that worries me, and that is this quest for ever-increasing productivity. In economic terms, it's blessed by economists who say this is the, the thing that, oh, an economy like Britain, for example, uh, lacks. Uh, it weeds out underperforming companies who are not as maybe shareholder conscious or dividend conscious as uh, their, their peers. It, it is still an impelling force this idea of ever-increasing efficiency. But there are so many other things, which I think Peter Drucker also had in mind about society, that are not measurable in economic terms. And they are an important part of the, the way, a, the undergrowth of a company yeah. and the context in which all corporations operate. I think when we talk about prosperity, we make it very clear, and that will be part of the program, that there's an economic prosperity and there's something you, you would call human prosperity. And they are not the same. Economic prosperity is something which is required. If a company should survive, it needs to be economically sound. And Drucker was very clear on that. But on the other hand, human prosperity means you create an environment where human beings can prosper. They can do something which, which gives a purpose to them. They can contribute and ideally... If, if they are able to do that, they can innovate and really venture into new territories. And I think that's when we talk about 
productivity of knowledge in the Trocarian sense, this is what he wanted to see. Do you see a sharp divide between the American or maybe the Anglo-Saxon way of looking at business and the economy and society and, let's say, to caricature it, the European view of looking at things? I think there is a difference because it has also historic components. The American and Anglo-American way of, of looking at this was very much driven by this idea of shareholder perspective. We had repeatedly, we have discussed questions like, well, there are extremely successful companies in Germany and Austria and some other countries, mid-sized companies, Mittelstand called in German, who have a sort of uh, a long-term view of their activity and even during the crisis did not react in terms of sort of uh, reducing their cost immediately but continuing with because they, th they knew their people were really their most important asset. And they have often extraordinary local connections, don't they? The best paper machinery manufacturer will employ two-thirds of a little town in the middle of Germany. So the obligations there are rather like the 19th century family firm obligations that people you know are employed by you. That's very yes, different yes. from the great big international corporation, isn't it? One, one qualification we must make to this. This was true for a very long period, but during the last 30 years, these companies have become global players, and this group, which one of the groups is called Hidden Champions, which have been researched by Hermann Simon, they are world leaders in their field, highly specialized world leaders, and they are present around the world. So it's no longer only this center somewhere in Germany, but it's really all over the world. This has a history, of course, but I think it's models that are also seen emerging in countries like Korea, for example. And it's what, what I think the Drucker Forum should show is what is the diversity of successful models where we can learn from one geography to the other geography. I'm sure that in Africa we are seeing now the emergence of yet another set of models which may be of interest to other parts of the world. Yes, and it would be interesting to intrude those values and Asian values quite frontally into the forum. At the moment it's uh, quite a lot of wise older people talking about it. It would be nice to get that injection of completely different assumptions into the forum, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think we are trying to do that and it's happening. We will have significant input from, from Africa as an example and we will have, uh, we had already significant input from Asia but you are right that the focus of the coming years will be to broaden this significantly. Because globalization has been kind of um, big countries leading the way rather than, or even Americanization, rather than true globalization. And true globalization is a very complicated thing indeed, as we're now seeing in the reactions to it. It's a very complicated thing. The world is not, is not flat, right? That was one of the discussions, globalization. The world is very different in different places and very spiky, as some people, as Richard Florida has shown. So the world is not flat. And if we go back to Europe as an example, what is the contribution for the next decade or beyond of European management thinking? 
Like, what is the contribution of African management thinking? What is the contribution of Chinese and Japanese management thinking? I think these are areas where there's a lot of potential to do much more and to bring it together. Keep it simple, stupid was a kind of 20th century mantra for managers and economists. I think it should now be kind of in the face of the complexities of globalization be evolved into keep it complex, stupid. I think a complex situation cannot be simply to a stupid formula. That's one of the, that's even scientifically clear. It cannot be done. But let, let me come back to Europe for a moment in, in this context. I think if Europe thinks about, if we think about the strength that Europe has in this debate, it's the focus on the human being, it's the cultural, historic perspective that, human, that Europe has and that Peter Drucker had very strongly. And I think in this area, we have a need today to get an input. In other words, the world may be rather more like Europe than it is about this great country of ours, one single nation, America, in style and thinking and marketing and tastes, for example. Uh, there's just a chance that... The American corporation, so imprinted with the one-size-fits-all view, you might even say, is missing out on the complexities of the marketplaces they are now having to serve. I think there are theories which try to demonstrate why Europe had over the last centuries this exceptional development from Renaissance and, and with scientific thinking really starting here and many, many other things. And one of the answers is the European fragmentation, because you had many many centers where this happened and then could be connected. And I think what, what the challenges of the future is to get the benefit from many different centers who have great ideas and can develop their own contributions and bring them together and learn from each other. Many thanks to Richard Straub, director of the ninth annual Global Peter Drucker Forum in Vienna in November. More podcasts coming up soon.